0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. And uh, if you got the announcement, then you know the theme for this evening is saying goodbye. Uh, When a, a friend dies... Uh, which is something that I'm experiencing now. And um, I wanted to uh, explore not just my own experience, but also um, we all go through this experience with, with loved ones. And to start us off, uh, I want to invite Eve Decker, who is the co-teacher for our community and also singer, songwriter, uh, to share a song on uh, on this topic. So Eve, if you're around, hi. Here I
1: am, Here I am. thank you James, hi, hi everybody. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I thought for tonight's topic, I would share a song that I wrote some time ago after walking with a friend in the Mountain View Cemetery in Oakland, where my friend Rabbi Haya Gusfield and I walk regularly actually and we like it there, it's beautiful. Um, so it's a true story. If you've been to that cemetery, you'll recognize the description of it as I sing. Um, and just the poignancy of impermanence and how it can help to wake us up. So the song is called Cemetery. Mm-hmm. are blooming every place and the grass is thick and green I appreciate the company of the dead I heard it was Don Juan who said keep death upon your shoulder it will remind you to love sitting quiet with my heart thought welled up in me one day what if someone drops a bomb have i said all i must say no my heart cried out to me it really must be said i love you 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 I like walking in the cemetery It's so beautiful there in the summer I throw a frisbee with a friend And we look at the sky in wonder I appreciate the company of the dead I think it was Don Juan who said Keep death upon your shoulder It will remind you to love Complacent ice, hard and cold Protection from the fear But like the sun that melts A thought that helps Is that soon none of us will be here Am I ready for the time when the one I take for granted is dying Remembering, I hold a friend and whisper thanks for this moment we're sharing. I like walking in the cemetery, it's so beautiful there in the fall. The changing leaves fall from the trees like they do from a song. I appreciate the company of the dead I went and read the page where Don Juan said Keep death upon your shoulder It will remind you to love Considering the folks I hurt While struggling to be happy I hope you'll find it in you to forgive me. And as far as I'm concerned, when I reflect upon the ending, all will be forgiven. The strongest feeling is love. I walking in the cemetery it's so beautiful there in the winter the cold contented tombstones sing praise of friends and strangers I appreciate the company of the dead I thank Mr. Don Juan who said keep death upon your shoulders It will remind you to love. Remind you to love.
0: Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Eve. (laughs) That song always touches me deeply. Mm -hmm. So um, if you have been coming uh, for a while, uh, you might have been there when um, last month, I think it was Sylvia Borstein and I had a conversation on death and dying. She had uh, just lost her husband of 60, I think it might be 65 years or so um, that they were uh, together and um, was processing that. And I had a a dear friend who was uh, near the end of his life. Uh, He had just recently been diagnosed with um, um, terminal illness. So it was on my mind and it was a lovely conversation. I really enjoyed it. And um, so this past week, I was fortunate enough to be with him um, the last week of his life with his family, with his, his daughter and her partner and uh, his ex-wife. and um, And we were all... They're uh, witnessing the mystery of a life coming to an end. Um, and I stayed a few days afterwards. Um, so it's fresh in me. And I wanted to share a little bit f- about him. And uh, I want to dedicate the evening to my dear buddy, uh, Stephen Newmark. Um, and beyond my relationship with him have us look explore um, this mystery and how to uh, say goodbye or even more how death can inform us just as eve's song uh, to remind us to love remind us of uh, being present for our life while it's here so um first a little bit about Stephen, or as i always called him stevie um I, i'm told that i was i might have been the only person that called him stevie but he was always stevie to me hmm, i'm just kind of getting in touch with him for a moment um so we first met in 1975 at uh, that scene that uh, ramdas uh, had in New York a very small invitation only scene a uh, devotional scene um, who people who had been uh, just taken by neem Karoli Baba, uh the guru in Ramdas's books um, and here's one of many pictures that Stephen uh, used to give me he gave me this picture this has particular significance I had a very meaningful moment with this picture but He'd always, you know, I, I, I then became Buddhist after a while, and he'd always be sending, uh, giving me pictures of Maharaji just in case I, I was, I might forget the, the Bhakti uh, side of me. And there's pictures of Maharaji all over my house. So, you know, there was not a chance of that. Um, and it was kind of like instant. We knew each other. In fact, some reading that I think he did said we were guru brothers. Uh, we were actual brothers in some former lifetime. And um, he was deeply devoted to the the spiritual life, and uh, at the same time, in that bhakti uh, spirit was very alive and playful and fun and um and we laughed a lot i said this the other uh, when i was with sylvia i laughed with Stephen by far more than any human being and just even thinking of him uh i i can start to to chuckle and we shared music together and we shared um we shared a lot. We traveled to India together, uh, visited Punjabi together. One of my other teachers, um, he did a, a beautiful video a, a film, I should say, uh, that you can see on Amazon uh, about his relationship with Maharaji and his travels through India, called "American Yogi." You can uh, you can get it through Amazon. I highly recommend it, it's really well done. There's images and uh, um, clips of Maharaji plus his own personal journey, American Yogi. Um, and I thought maybe just to give you a sense of, of Stephen, um, I would play for you a, a two minute video clip uh, that I've played probably, oh, a couple of dozen times uh, since I've been back of uh, him and his daughter, Crystal, um, who is actually on the call, uh, singing um, singing together. They're singing, Loves Me Like a Rock. Uh, and and Stephen's, one of his favorite albums of all time was Paul Simon's There Goes Ryman Simon. We used to sing this album together a lot. But here's a clip of Stephen and Crystal singing in the car and one thing i should tell you that the car uh the tape stops before the end of the song and you can't quite catch maybe all the words but all of a sudden loves me my mama loves me like a rock you can hear Stephen in the background saying oh my mama doesn't love me anymore so i want to give you a just a taste of steven and then we'll go on so let's see here it is um and here it is. <music> okay so maybe you get get a little sense of of him and his playful side i love it when the music goes out and he just keeps on having fun and with his with his beautiful daughter crystal too so um there we were at the uh near the end and uh it was so beautiful uh, it turned out to be beautiful. He was in pain they, they finally when they managed his pain, things got a little bit uh, got very, much easier and he said to me, I was fortunate a little exchange we had uh, when we were alone He said, "I feel complete I feel complete with my life and that that really made a a, a huge difference and it always does if one can feel that they've done what they're supposed to but at some point he he got a little confused and uh and he'd been practicing dying his whole life and he said he asked me in a very vulnerable moment he's he got the words out show me um show me how to die this is this is harder than i thought and um and I just what came out of my mouth was, hey, you don't have to make it happen. Um, people have been dying since they've been born. And it's just a natural part of the process. And now it's your turn. And I said, um, you don't have to hurry it up. You don't have to uh, resist. All you need to do, you've been practicing your whole life. Just trust and surrender and let go and it will do what it's supposed to do and uh, he was able fortunately to take in those words and he he could get out the words oh that's helpful and the last few days of his life were so so peaceful uh and what he did he just he apologized for ways that he that he might have fallen short he he couldn't speak much but he said i am so i'm sorry to each of us and then he'd ask for hugs he just motion and and uh mostly with his daughter crystal who obliged and was hugging him and then me too and he just wanted to wanted to feel love and give love those last few couple of days, few days. So it was quite extraordinary. And it was such an honor to, to be there. Um, so that's, that's Steven, maybe Crystal, you're there. If you want to say a word or two and people can, can meet you, uh, you can unmute yourself. Hi,
2: um, my name is Crystal and, um, First of all, I just want to say thank you so much to James for being such an incredible support and guiding light. Um, I, this, everything he said is, you know, exactly what I experienced, just a beautiful, um, experience. Um, I had never um, witnessed anyone leave their body before or, you know, die. Um, and it was really challenging at times, but very beautiful and miraculous, um, at other times. And, um, you know, um, James voluntarily traveled to be by my dad's side, and um, it was the first time I I got to see him um, since I was a kid, and it was such a blessing to have him by my side, as well as my partner Dan and my mom. Um, and with especially with James's assistance, I was able to really um, learn and pro and and understand the process of of letting go and accepting all of the the different feelings. And I really got to witness in person the truth and grace that he embodies. And uh, he truly practices what he teaches. Um, um, And yeah, he really helped me navigate through all the emotions and really at the end of the day, he just really always reminded me that it's okay and that everything's perfect. And yeah, um, I don't know. I don't want to go on and on, but um, at at the end of the day, I just, I learned that, um, you know, it's all about love and And that in the last couple of days, I've been, you know, processing all the feelings. And, but when I just close my eyes and I, sorry.
0: Okay.
2: I, um, I, and I, I take that moment of stillness. I, I feel the warmth and the joy. And I, I feel, I can even picture him sitting right in front of me with a big smile. And it just reminds me that, you know, he's here and he's everywhere and he has just become love and that has comforted me in so many ways and helps me through the emotions that, um, yeah. Just wanted to share that. Thank you.
0: Mm. Thanks so much, Crystal. Right from the heart as you do. So a couple of things um, also that that happened at the end after he uh, as he passed. um, I sang the uh, Anicca chant, which is sung at at the end of of somebody's life. Anicca is impermanence. um, And perhaps you're familiar with it. And uh, maybe I'll 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 sing it uh, maybe just one time. It's usually sung three times. It says, "All things are impermanent. They have the nature to arise and pass away. One who lives in harmony with this truth knows the highest happiness." And it goes like this. And I sang this right after he passed. Uh, Anicca vata sankara. Upadawa yadamino, Te chanti, Vupasamo Suko. And I also read a, a piece that um, is from the Tibetan Book of the Dead that I've read a number of times as people are passing or afterwards. It's supposed... To, In the traditional way, it's read for 49 days as somebody is in the bardo to remind them to not be confused or afraid and to just let go. And I'll share it with you. It's a very beautiful, meaningful passage. You can find it, by the way, in uh, Teachings of the Buddha, a compilation that Jack Cornfield and and Gil Fransdell put together. Remember the clear light the pure, clear, white light from which everything in the universe comes to which everything in the universe returns, the original nature of your own mind, the natural state of the universe unmanifest. Let go into the clear light. Trust it. Merge with it. It is your own true nature. It is home. The visions you may experience exist within your consciousness. The forms they take are determined by your past attachments, your past desires, your past fears, your past karma. These visions have no reality outside your consciousness. No matter how frightening some of them may seem, They cannot hurt you. Just let them pass through your consciousness. They will all pass in time. No need to become involved with them. No need to become attracted to the beautiful visions. No need to be repulsed by the frightening ones. No need to be seduced or excited by the sexual ones. No need to be attached to them at all. Just let them pass. If you become involved with these visions, you may wander for a long time confused. Just let them pass through your consciousness like clouds passing through an empty sky. Fundamentally, they have no more reality than this. Remember these teachings. Remember the clear light, the pure, bright, shining white light of your own nature. It is deathless. If you can look into the visions, you can experience and recognize they too are composed of the same clear white light as everything else in the universe. No matter where or how far you wander, the light is only a split second, a half breath away. It is never too late to return and recognize to the clear light let go into it, trust it, merge with it. It is your own true nature. It is home. So how to process somebody's passing, uh, which is in preparation also for your own passing. Mm. As you see it in someone else, it might dawn on you, oh, this is part of the human experience. This will be me at some point. And the Buddha recommended to reflect on this every day in his five daily remembrances. I will grow old. I'm not beyond aging. I will become sick. I'm not beyond illness. I will die. I I am not beyond death. Everything and everyone near and dear to me, I will be separated from. And I am the owner of my karma. My happiness and unhappiness depends on my actions and my habits and choices. So he said that not to uh, depress you or scare you, but on the contrary, to inoculate you to the truth, to realize, oh, this is part of the, the journey that we all go on. And the more we can see that, This life is precious as as Joseph Goldstein says, anything can happen at any time. You don't know how long you have. And this moment of your life is one of a finite number of moments. You have no idea how many, but if you realize it's a finite number and it could end at any time, it wakes you up out of your complacency and says, oh, that says, oh, sometime I'll get to that. Oh, yeah, I've got all the time in the world. I'll, I'll get to that some." And it makes you wake up now. That's why he shared it. And that was what woke the, the Buddha up before he was enlightened. The, the heavenly messengers of having a vision after 29 years in the palace of complete luxury, seeing an old person, a sick person, a dead corpse, and realizing there's no way out of this, no matter how good I have it now, we're all subject to old age, sickness, and death. And then seeing the fourth messenger, uh, uh, a spiritual renunciate who was looking for the deeper meaning. That's what got him on his journey. So death was definitely the wake-up call for the Buddha. Mm-hmm. And as we are more and more embracing our that reality, of course, there's the grieving, the natural grieving when we lose somebody close to us. But as we see this is this is nature at work, we turn that grieving eventually it, we feel our grieving fully and we turn it into, um, into deep appreciation for that person being in our life and even celebrating. I think I mentioned this when I was on with Sylvia, when my dad passed away at, at six, at the age of 66 in 1984. Uh, and he was a, such a key figure in my life. Uh, who, who taught me how to love, as I say in the dedication of my book, and I had lots of tears before he left, and 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 after for for a while. But really, what happened was a kind of integration. He merged within me, and all the beautiful qualities that he had. Um, the best way that I could honor him would be to uh, to let those qualities shine through. That's our legacy, how much love we put into this world. and that's what is left behind all the ways we've loved, all the people that we've touched, and they will pass that love on. It doesn't belong to anyone. And we can we can process, the other stuff, the the foibles and the quirks and the flaws and the the imperfections, uh, and it becomes like um, pure gold shining through. <clears throat> this is a a poem um, that I uh, perhaps you've heard before that, points to this naturalness that i love uh, called the dakini speaks by jennifer wellwood she says my friends let's grow up let's stop pretending we don't know the deal here or if we truly haven't noticed let's wake up and notice look Everything that can be lost will be lost. It's simple. How could we have missed it for so long? Let's grieve our losses fully like ripe human beings. But please, let's not be so shocked by them. Let's not act so betrayed as though life had broken her secret promise to us. Impermanence is life's only promise to us, and she keeps it with ruthless impeccability. To a child, she seems cruel, but she is only wild, and her compassion is exquisitely precise, brilliantly penetrating, luminous with truth, She strips away the unreal to show us the real. This is the true ride. Let's give ourselves to it. Let's stop making deals for a safe passage. There isn't one anyway, and the cost is too high. We are not children anymore. The true human adult gives everything for what cannot be lost. Let's dance the wild dance of no hope. The Dakini Speaks by Jennifer Wellwood. Let's stop pretending we don't know the deal here. Look, everything that can be lost will be lost. And that's what helps us wake up that much more. Oh, Let's not fall asleep in this moment. Let's live our life fully. And I wanted to um, share a little bit um, in some of the remaining time in this talk. I have about four pages of notes uh, that I'm not gonna get to, but um, I wanna share from this beautiful book written by my, uh, my good friend, Frank Ostaszewski the five invitations it's called discovering what death can teach us about living fully. And Frank, you probably have heard his name. He started the Zen hospice, uh, co-founder of the Zen hospice project, um, and, uh, sat by the side of thousands of people who, who died. Um, We did the Heavenly Messengers program uh, together with uh, a few other teachers, and he wrote this beautiful, beautiful book, The Five Invitations, his five um, instructions, invitations for helping death uh, wake you up and and learning how to be with it. So... He says, death is a teacher. Maybe I'll just read the opening paragraph of the book. It's, uh, it's so beautiful. He says, if I can find it here. here it is. Life and death are a package deal. You can't pull them apart. In Japanese Zen, the term shoji translates as birth death. There's no separation between life and death other than a small hyphen, a thin line that connects the two. We cannot be truly alive without maintaining an awareness of death. Death is not waiting for us at the end of a long road. Death is always with us in the marrow of every passing moment. She is the secret teacher hiding in plain sight. She helps us to discover what matters most. And the good news is we don't have to wait until the end of our lives to realize the wisdom that death has to offer. So then he goes on to offer these five invitations and uh, we'll see, maybe I'll get through them or maybe uh, if not, then we can uh, continue next week. Here's the first invitation that death has. Don't wait. Don't put off to the future what you hope to do sometime you don't know as i said anything can happen at any time and don't wait means don't wait to do what you're called to do what your heart calls you to do and you sense needs to be done don't hold on to bitterness don't wait And think that sometime in the future you'll let it go and he talks in this this section a lot about forgiveness about forgiving yourself for all things that you haven't yet done or that you are coming to the end of your life and wishing you had done Um, I remember reading a study that said um, when people at, are at their uh, deathbed, one of their main um, experiences regret for things having uh, not not having been done in their life. He says, "Don't wait. Don't put it off. Come fully alive, like that uh, Howard Thurman quote. Don't wait for uh, to to." Um, Uh, Don't look for what needs to be done. Wait. uh, Look for what makes you come alive because the world needs people who've come alive. And he says, forgive yourself. Don't let that get in the way. And he also says, forgive others if and when you're ready so you can feel complete at the end like Stephen was fortunate enough to do. One of the main questions, as he points out, and Jack Kornfield has said a number of times, at the end of our lives, the question, did I love well? And you want to have that as as an ongoing inspiration to put as much love into the world as you can. So the first invitation, don't wait. And I invite you now to just go inside and reflect for yourself. So this is not just a, uh, a passive uh, um, entertainment talk. Uh, tune into your own your own being. I invite you to close your eyes. And maybe reflect, what am I putting off? What am I putting off either in my my destiny, my expression, my living my life, or in making amends and healing with others? What am I putting off that having death as a reminder can mm, motivate me to do what's important. And of course, we can't get it all done. Everything is a process, but to make sure that you're moving in the direction of you're fulfilling your potential. Don't wait. Second invitation. Welcome everything push away nothing. And that means opening to the whole show, the highs and lows, the, the not just the blessings, but the challenges in our life and open to everything as an act of love, as um, receiving what life has to offer. You know, I'm sure most of you know, um, the refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take to mean that life is giving me what I need, just what I need to wake up in the challenges and the difficulties, as well as in the blessings and the and and the joys. Welcome everything, because that's how we grow. We grow from from the suffering which deepens our compassion, and we grow from the from the joys which deepens our gratitude. Turn towards suffering, he says. And to not be afraid little by little, as much as you're able, because your good heart has brought you to every, everything you've gone through, it's brought you to this moment. So you can keep on trusting that your good heart will see you through. So I invite you now, again, to go inside. This is a crash course through the book. I invite you to read the book because it's a beautiful, beautiful book. But just to make it relevant for yourself right now, you might go inside and ask, what am I pushing away at this moment in my life? What am I not allowing in? And I'll be quiet. What am I pushing away that's keeping my heart a bit closed? What can I open up to and embrace and let in and welcome? And if you're not quite ready to, to open and welcome, then just know this is um, something that can be your forward edge because you want to end your life life feeling complete. Welcome everything. Third, bring your whole self to the experience. No part left out which means whether it's you coming to the end of your life or you being there for another, embrace it all. Robert Bly says, every part of our personality that we do not learn to embrace and accept will become hostile to us. We have to learn to embrace the whole package. And that means authentically showing up and learning to embrace and accept the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the confused. You're learning in this fathom long body to love the whole show. And then you can really even more be there for others including the grieving or the anger or the confusion if somebody is is passing and there's unfinished business you welcome it all you make space for it all let all the feelings be held and move through you and hold it with a loving awareness of deep compassion where you don't have to fix anything but just allow for your humanness so I invite you now to just go inside and just reflect what part of you needs to be accepted and held in loving awareness What part of you can you learn more and more to hold with compassion and love so you can feel that towards others as well? I'll be quiet. And this is your work, the forward edge of your practice. And of course, realizing this is all a process. It's not that all of a sudden you can switch on the the compassion and say, okay, now it's, now it's covered. It's just the direction that more and more the healing process, um, uh, takes fourth invitation, find a place of rest in the middle of things that is find a stillness right in the midst of it all. When you're with somebody who's dying, and it was, it was really uh, such an honor to be there with, uh, with Crystal and her mom uh, and Dan um, that, you know, it, our practice is what can help us uh, hold it all. And that becomes contagious to others. So you can be like Thich Han says, be the calm one in the boat. From the boat, people that that made it through. It just needed one calm person in the boat, and that's contagious. Um, so to to think of that as one of the motivations for your practice to find the stillness in the midst of of it all, just like the Buddha touching the earth. Um, as we sit, there can be confusion and anger and lust and um all those qualities arising and passing and there's joy and there's love and there's um, compassion they're all part of being human and to find a center in the midst of it all that just allows which also means somehow learning to find your center in the midst of your fears again a process but a worthwhile project. So I just invite you to go inside. We just have a few minutes left and to um, reflect inside. What helps you find your center? How do you come into that place of inner peace. Maybe it's thinking of somebody who reminds you of that, or maybe it's chanting a mantra or doing some loving kindness practice or just watching your breath and knowing that you're sitting here. What helps you find your center? And see this as something to keep cultivating for yourself when you're there at the last moment of your life, or when you're with others who are um, benefiting from that stillness that you can bring. This is your gift to yourself and others. Find a place of rest in the middle of things. And then finally, the fifth invitation, cultivate don't know mind. That is, let go of knowing how it's supposed to be, what somebody's death is supposed to look like, what yours is supposed to look like. Everybody has their own way of doing it and letting go of knowing, surrendering, as Stephen seemed to do towards towards the end. Uh, don't have to figure it out. Just trust, surrender, surrender into the mystery There's a a line I love from uh, the Thirds and Patriarch says, stop talking and thinking and there's nothing you'll not be able to know. When you get out of your head and go into your heart, you can listen rather than figure out. And you're listening to the wisdom inside that life wants you to hear. So I uh, invite you once again to go inside and cultivating that don't know mind. What helps you let go of knowing so you can really listen inside and receive the wisdom What a relief to stop figuring it out and just being and listening. And that goes for being with a friend at their deathbed or being with yourself at your deathbed or being here for every moment in your life when you're starting to get spun out, trying to get the answer, oh, to stop, cultivate a don't know mind, and just listen to the truth inside. What helps you to do that? Hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm so, uh, sorry, we don't have time for conversation, but, uh, maybe put it in, in the chat room right now. Okay. Uh, and I'll just invite you think of something that might maybe resonated with you in this talk that you might want to include in your practice, conscious practice, either, being there with someone else, or in your own practice, what might you take with you and practice this week as you reflect on the subject of saying goodbye to a friend or to life? And you can just write it in the, in the chat. This can be your practice for the week, surrendering Trust. Let it be. And there's a lot of wisdom. Impermanence. Opening to the here and now in each moment. Full, fully feel and let go. Feel the sadness and the grief. Yeah. Mm. Returning. Music. Yes. So many things. Mm -mm. Trust and love. Trust my inner knowing. Stop pushing away. Letting go of trying to figure out. Treasuring memories. Singing. Mm. Let the wisdom come. And remember what you wrote, embracing it all, Mm, channeling my father who loved and loved me. This is your practice right now. And you're being witnessed. Live laughing, die laughing. Listen to the wisdom inside. Beautiful. So uh, let's see. It's just nine o'clock. Eve, you there? How about just uh, singing your the dedication and as we end, okay? Okay. And you can keep on writing things in the box. Um.
1: May every living be. One and radiant with light, share the fruits of peace with hearts of goodness, luminous and bright. If people hear and.
0: Thank you, Eve. Thank you, Crystal, for being here with us and being such a beautiful being and sharing. Um, Thank you, everyone. And may our coming here together um, ripple out and be for the benefit of all beings everywhere. May all know the highest happiness and peace.